FBI Radio 94.5. It's Living Proof by The War on Drugs. My name is Maya Billick. I'm with Dan Gordon. This is For the Record, a weekly album show here on FBI Radio. And before we go any further, we'd like to acknowledge that right now we are broadcasting on the stolen Gadigal land of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to elders past and present and extend that respect to any First Nations person listening in right now. Sovereignty was never ceded. Redfern is the heart of Indigenous sovereignty and resistance in the colonial project of so-called Australia. Always was. Always will be. Originally founded in Philadelphia all the way back in 2005 by current frontman Adam Granducial and for the record favourite, however no longer a part of the band, Mr Kurt Vile. We are of course talking about the war on drugs, which means today we're going to be unpacking I Don't Live Here Anymore, the band's brand new record, a group who've become known as one of the most critically acclaimed classic rock Americana bands in the United States, globally, and so many more, and with this brand new record on their heels, although being out for only two months now, it's already establishing itself as one of, if not the very best, of their detailed and impressive catalogue. The album was recorded across seven studios over a three-year period which started while touring their last and also fantastic record, A Deeper Understanding. I Don't Live Here Anymore feels sort of much more like a natural evolution rather than any sort of reinvention of the wheel. A Deeper Understanding is also a big for the record fave and if you're a fan of that album then you're going to really enjoy I Don't Live Here Anymore. It's a record that sort of creeps up on you and you can see in the way that they've produced it, the songwriting, the melodies, everything. They didn't really uh, pick apart or go too crazy on the invention and experimentation. If you've got a formula that works, why? Why break it apart, you know? And Grand Duciel, who wrote the lyrics and music for the majority of the record, preferred to simply refine their existing sound to their greatest heights. And I think that's one of my favourite things about this record is that they didn't feel the need to completely overhaul a sound that was clearly working. What they do is kind of slowly, slowly chip away 
add in like a little bit more detail this time and then a little bit more detail next time, um, which other bands probably might not really be able to do without it getting kind of stale. But for me, they somehow managed to always sound interesting and kind of cutting edge in terms of that guitar sound. Well, what I was just about to say is... In no way is that to suggest that they've made the same album twice. That's not what's happened at all. You can see that they've shifted a few things, up a couple tones here and there. There are obviously very clear distinctions between the two, but the core ethos and energy and I want to say mystique to a degree of the war on drugs remains on this new record in particular. Yeah, and I mean that makes sense when... Adam has literally refined and refined and remixed and then refined a little more just for some good measure um, and apparently even remixed the record after its final mix with the lead engineer and producer on the project in one 14-hour session. So he clearly takes this stuff, this music stuff, very seriously. Yeah, and if this is your first time listening to The War on Drugs, it's, you know, of course, similar to that Kurt Vile, Courtney Barnett sort of tip, but with a bit of a... I want to say less sarcastic Mac DeMarco tip, very on the Bruce Springsteen line. Yeah, I I think he he clearly takes his cues from the boss himself, and I I think that he does it justice. You know, there and there there probably are maybe a couple of moments where that um, worshipism gets <laughs> a little bit too much, but I think that for the most part, this album really does that kind of stadium-sized rocker anthems justice put it this way the moog synthesizer on this album is enough to make any other band in the inner west bring out their own and add it into a song yeah and i mean that's that's the other thing about an album like this is it always feels like the final 10 meters of a hundred meter sprint that you're about to win and i I think it's very vangelis yeah and really really uplifting which is is kind of i think you've got to be in the mood for it but when you are in the mood for it there's nothing better so not only is this an incredibly detailed and layered album it's just as deliberate and consistent and we are so excited to be unpacking it top to bottom with you here on for the record getting you ready for the holiday season this is of course one of the few favorite albums of ours of 2021 we've been sharing a few of them with you but if there's one thing we hope you take away it's that this is a two-way experience. Share us your thoughts on 0409-945-945. We're going to dive into more of the album. This one is called Harmonious Dream. Definitely one of my personal highlights, and I think Myers too, off the album. Really, really almost takes a little bit of a Fleetwood Mackie dive. Yeah. Which is a bit of a jump into new territory for the band, so really, really exciting to hear. Don't go anywhere. More I Don't Live Here right after this.
I. 8. We had a change up in before that one, and we kicked it all off with Harmonious Dream. We are listening to I Don't Live Here Anymore by Philadelphia Zone, The War on Drugs, one of our personal favourite records of the year. It's like an older version of the Middle East, and I know that Dan might scrunch his face up to that comparison, but bear with me. Think, you know, like a, a band who've been in the game for a long enough time and have paid their dues, so to speak, but have been brought up on the classic rock of so many bands before them. Forefathers, if you will, or the foremothers. And admittedly, this album, I Don't Live Here Anymore, as we said earlier, isn't crazy different to a deeper understanding. It doesn't reinvent the wheel, but there are certain nuances to it. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's literally just an album by a band that are at the top of their game and really kind of at least for me, just consistently hitting home run after home run after home run. And this is this is almost like a victory lap for them, I feel like, after a deeper understanding. Um, not to say that, you know, it's any lesser of an album. I think that, you, you know, you can pull highs and lows on both of the albums. But to me, the War on Drugs are that kind of consistent band in, in your rock right now. Where you always have one of them, you know, whether it's a spoon or it's a pavement, the bands that can kind of consistently be counted on for not doing the same thing, but always being reliable in terms of releasing a great album. Yeah, and I think what is immediately apparent and felt vividly, viscerally on this record is, you know how most artists are told to hone in on an ADR or zoom in? The War on Drugs do the opposite. They zoom out. They have gone from, you know quiet sleepy bar or a quiet sleepy pub and have transformed their sound to fit a stadium which could only be done with inspiration from Bruce Springsteen himself like those big loud driving nostalgic songs like your um your tusks or your like the best of rumors stuff that really like gets people into the vibe where I think you would agree, Dan, that a deeper understanding is much more of a meditative record. It's there to be listened to, if not by yourself, maybe with another person. It's quite a solitary listen. Yeah, I think so. I, I also think that an album like this, you can tell that, and I mean, we obviously just said before that he spent, you know, a multitude of hours running through the mixes, this, that, and every other way possible so he can get the sound perfect. I also think that 
to me, this is the best-sounding War on Drugs record. Every single instrument is recorded 10 out of 10. It's Everything sounds really, really beautiful. So whether or not you don't like the music, you can listen to each instrument. And it's like almost like the most pure form of guitar rock, I think. Yeah, it's actually pretty far away from that 80s pastiche. It's not... Billy Jolie, Piano Man, or uh, Uptown Girl in any sort of way. It's very much, if you're going to listen to this iteration of rock music, why not listen to a band who were doing it the best in the game? And you can hear that through the bass lines or the drum kicks that are so in sync with each other or the washing in and out vocals in the mix. It's just a beautiful listen through and through. And who, who isn't a sucker for some good old guitar music? Yeah, I mean, it's a romantic stadium rock record that's purposeful and epic and as a whole kind of impossible not to feel, you know. You, it's, you, kind of, you can't listen to it without having some kind of smile on your face. No, and you can hear it in all of the tiny little details and the care that's been taken to really emphasise them, which I think you're totally right, Dan, goes to show a band who are able to really, as meticulously as they might need to have done before, make them stand out and are there for a reason. It's, I think, too on the face to just call this a classic rock record because there's, it's so much more than that. Also, just quickly back to Kurt Vile originally being in the group. Um, if you don't know the origin story behind why he is not in there anymore, he was the one of just the rhythm guitarists in the band um, until Adam heard his solo stuff and said, yeah, you need to leave this band. He was a bit taken aback. I was like, oh, whoa, why? He was like, well, because this is really good and you can have your own career. You don't need to be just a rhythm guitarist in the band. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I think that it's really nice that he's also, as well as being a great songwriter, Adam is, is able to kind of set aside his ego and, and, you know, some people might want to keep those people around to up, like help uplift their music. He wanted to set him free so he could do his own thing. So I think that's a really admirable quality to have. I mean, someone who's going to go and remix an album after it's been done, sent to master in a 14-hour-long slog, definitely screams passion project rather than commercial project to me. Definitely. We're going to jump into a bit more of the record now. This one's called Victim. You're tuned in to For The Record here on FBI Radio 94.5.
think about the old days, babe You're always on my mind I know it ain't like I remember I guess my memories run wild Like when we went to see Bob Dylan Featuring Lucius, that's the title track right there. You're in for the record, an album show here on FBI Radio 94.5 FM. The record, I Don't Live Here Anymore. The band, The War on Drugs. Our names, <laughs> Maya Billick and Dan Gordon. And it's such a pleasure hanging out with you on this glorious, restful afternoon. We've been musing on the sonic makeup of this record, The War on Drugs, at this point in their career. And I think it's pretty safe to say where they're headed is just simply that they're going to keep on rolling and doing what they need to do. They're already critically acclaimed, not just locally, but internationally. They closed out one of the last laneways in the National Art School, which I think was a very poetic close to that space and the festival being there. And this recent record of theirs will only just pay them dividends in the future. Yeah, and I think that anyone that's seen them live will be able to attest to this. They are one of the best live rock bands going um, and, and literally sound like you've just put on the record, it, it does, which is, is really no easy feat, especially when there's like nine or ten different members all trying to work in unison. So uh, being one of the best shows, you can, you can see exactly how much love and attention they give every single song and... And I Don't Live Here Anymore kind of really doesn't dip outside of that world. It's meticulously crafted, um, really, really laboured over, and just out and out a beautiful listen, and one that I was really, really happy we got the time to share with you today. And also, says a lot for a band who don't scream Rolling Stone Bro, who are going to be really precious about their particular pickups and making sure that it's done a certain way, or like how their cables are rolled back and set into a case. Like They do not carry with themselves that douchey rock band energy at all. And I think that's what really plays a part in their music, because it's not this intense long labored listen where you're just diving into the inner workings of someone's mind of someone's mind you know it's not like diorama that's just an, a piece of Daniel John's brain anyway and that's not to say that he is a douchey either but I think that is also going to be a testament to their enduring impact and legacy as a band in that they don't carry any of that energy with them either yeah and an album that's littered with so much magical moments throughout its 53 minute runtime which is spread out so consistently that you'll be coming back to it again and again way into the next year a repeat listen must if you want to catch all of those spectacular details i cannot recommend enough sitting down with this one with headphones and just taking it all in it's one of our favorites of the year including Erica DeCassia's Sensational, Tinashe's Triple Three, uh, Marcus Wales' The Hunger, plus so many more throughout the course of the year. Slow Ties' Tyrone for me, uh, Indigo D'Souza's Any Shape You Take. Genesis Owusu, all of the records. I feel like it was funny. We're looking to come up with some kind of lists of records that we really wanted to do to the end of the year. And initially I was thinking, man... I don't know if it's been such a strong year, but going back through it, there have been so many highlights for me. 
um, way, way more than I thought there would. So another great year for music. Um, we're going to keep listening to a bit of the war on drugs right now. We'll catch the ends of I Don't Live Here Anymore. This one's called Old Skin. You're on For The Record. Wasted and then rings around my father's eyes here on FPI Radio 94.5. We're getting closer to midday, which means it's time for lunch with Tanita Razagi, which also means here on For the Record, we're tapping out. We're, we got a jet. It's been another magnificent year sharing albums with you. We can't wait to do it all again in 2022. And we'll see you very, very soon. In the meantime, you can listen back to today's show, last week's show. 
last year's show, all of them, uh, at fbaradio.com slash programs. Just click on For The Record or... Or you can look us up wherever you get your podcasts and hit the For The Record tab. We will be right there and you can listen to every one of our shows through the last couple of years. We're going to be back in early January with new records to share with you. Uh, Maybe a couple of them are going to be smack nominated. You never know. Who knows? You'll have to stick around and find out. But on that note, have a great holidays. Stay safe. Get tested. Keep those tests rolling in. We're going to leave you with occasional rain here on For The Record. It's been a pleasure. Happy New Year. Into the mud